0: Something you won't find on any of the albums that 's uh, Ruth Blake flow with what you 're feeling and uh, talking about flow with what you 're feeling beautiful song uh, always uh, you know, a fantastic uh, guest in the past and no doubt it should be here in the future at some stage um, and I um talking about uh, sort of flow with the feeling. We've had uh, David Ash talking about the science and spirituality of Ascension and our awakening processes. Uh, later on on the uh, Cloud Extra, which is off-air, uh, we'll have Dr. Bruce Lipton uh, talking about um, uh, conscious and subconsciousness and how things work through our childhoods, etc, and how you can actually change the patterns. Quite interesting stuff. And uh, just as interesting, right slap bang in the middle, is our wonderful guest, Mr David Stone. Good evening Steve. <laughs> Good evening. Um, so uh, this subject we're talking about now is possibly the present? The power of now. Yeah mm. um, the power of now is, uh, is not to be um, underestimated
1: in any way shape or form. As a matter of fact it's the tool for change I think. Absolutely um, and let's let's build on that. I ask all our listeners just to take a moment and just breathe in and notice your body in this moment, the power of now. Take a breath in through the nose, and then just land in the seat, wherever you're sat or stood, wherever you find yourself. Exhaling and just landing in this moment. I'm there.
0: I'm there. I'm there.
1: I'm there. And what happens? Being in the moment is a fascinating paradox. When you're given that instruction, oh, just just get present you know it's all to do with the power of the moment it can often throw us into a sense of chaos because we're given this command that all the answers uh, this new age truism that they're available by just being here and being present and the now is some sort of special force but how often do we struggle to really enter that Mm. it's a real paradox and yet we know um, many are familiar perhaps with Eckhart Tolle's work, The Power of Now. There are many kind of obstacles that get in the way of entering into the moment. So, you know, why is that? Why do we all get stuck in our heads, in life, in drama, in emotions, in activities? And we, it literally becomes quite difficult to actually drop into the moment.
0: Yeah, it's funny you should say that, I have an analogy for this, Mm. is when we first learn to drive,
1: Mm.
0: um, we see everything, because we have to, we're learning, we're we're trying to do something, we're trying to think and concentrate on absolutely Mm. everything that's around us, all its potential, all the things that could go wrong and all the things that do go right. Mm. So we're fully aware and present while we're teaching ourselves to drive. Now, when we become experienced drivers and you're 10 years down the line, you're having conversations with people and you will not remember what you've just driven for the last three or four four minutes because you haven't been present. You've done it through the subconscious of automation and stuff, you know, because you're used to it. And um, that's where things get lost. You know, that's what I see. So uh, being present is really, really important. It allows us to create from a, not from a subconscious view, but from the conscious. Even though the subconscious, to me, takes 90% of all um, control, if you like, or 95%, uh, when we're present, we do have the control to change mm-hmm. the things we want, or to manifest and create what it is we really want. Mm-hmm. But To observe the, the rims on your glasses, mm-hmm. the, 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 the creases in my T-shirt, you know,
1: everything. You know, it's about observation. That's right, that's an absolute beautiful truism that when you can perhaps notice the temperature of the tip of your nose and maybe how heavy your ears feel on the side of your head that starts to bring you into the moment, it brings you into the body. Now nature is also another brilliant way, if you step out into nature initially you might feel a bit chaotic and crazy because whatever's in you that's running at a different frequency or energetic to, to the kind of force of now, the power of now, which really is how nature is. Nature is just here. It's got no agenda, it's not busy. Although, you know, the birds and the bees might be going about their activities. Especially this time of year. Especially this time of year. <laughs> there's, a, there's a kind of harmony in the busyness. There's not a stress in the busyness. And so one of the best ways to attune to the power of now is to be in nature or to to watch children, children are very much, they're in the here and now, they're in, you know, one minute they're crying, next minute they're tantruming, the next minute they're laughing, they're playing, they just are in that flow. So how do we move away from that flow, this this constant theme? So you've mentioned when we learn to drive and we pass our test, we're kind of fresh with these new techniques we've just learned. And then as the years pass by, we layer over our original programming, our original ability to be present to perhaps the cleanest way to drive, the you know the, the, the handbook perhaps, the, the handbook technique, the orthodox techniques and we kind of develop our own little lazy methods and so then if we were to take our test 10 years down the line we'd probably fail and it's a bit like that with human beings, it's like we layer in all these family ways of doing love all these family and personal ways we learn about doing money about doing relationships about doing health and then these can be passed on through maybe several generations and it could be from a trauma really on life and then we make an adjustment to cope and then what happens is the human psyche creates a mechanism where it adjusts to that danger So to stop you from splitting off from, uh, like you said, from a a sense of wholesomeness to avert that danger coming into your psyche and breaking you down and and destroying your psyche, it kind of creates a diversion. Now that diversion looks after you and creates a coping mechanism, but you temporarily leave the moment. And so when you're trying to come back to the moment, guess what happens? You tend to revisit all the coping adjustments you've got that show you where you left the moment to adjust. So, they, so there's an unravelling.
0: They're sort of uh, comfort zones aren't they really mm. I suppose we, uh, we like to wrap ourselves up in mother's arms or uh, uh, a fluffy pillow or you
1: know it, it's a comfort thing um, in, in order to cope. Yeah. That, that's right and say for example if you were to go on your drive to work every morning or go on your evening walk or your exercise routine if you just mix it up a little bit Got yourself out of routines, like drove home a different way, or did a different, did your exercise routine in a different order. It starts to kind of push the the, the, the sort of the central nervous system and the brain to kind of cope in a different way, and then you don't get set into your grooves. And if you're not set into your grooves, you're more able to be present and find the moment.
0: Uh, yeah, that's quite quite incredible. Um, I I've got another way as well. I I think it's always good to uh, attempt to start something brand new that you've never mm. done before. Mm. You know, and uh, I think with that then you're focused on what you're trying to learn. Mm. And uh, as long as, you know, the end result, as long as it's realistic and the end result is something fairly simple but moves you on in in a progressive Mm. way, uh, I think that works, you
1: know. Absolutely. Learning new things brings up a lot of the issues we had around learning as children. So I know myself, for sure, I, I can be a bit lazy because it can bring up when I was dyslexic when I was younger, And a sense of like having a brain funk and then i just feel very frustrated i feel a bit of self loathing i feel like everyone else is getting it and i'm not and i might compare myself and then i might look how long it's going to take to get competent and i just give up quite quickly and it's like being able to sit with those discomforts mean that you can keep growing these sort of The pathways in your brain to keep expanding, but also to stop you falling into those kind of rhythms of habit that actually don't serve you. They've just become comfortable, and so getting into the moment is, like you say, it's a paradox. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but that's the
0: that's the that's it's like exercise. You know, you've you've got to start somewhere, Mm. and you've got to keep trying and chipping away very slow mm. movements really of getting, getting into that present moment and keep remembering even if you forget a thousand times it doesn't matter if you keep trying eventually you do become, in, you become grounded and centred and you know you, yeah. you take on everything around you you just know everything's going to be you become the, the calm in the storm if you like.
1: That's yeah. right and I think there, you know, maybe in, in the new ages there's an overemphasis on on calm Quite often, what I've noticed is when people still themselves and they try and enter the now, all the weight of everything that's holding down old emotions, um, uh, like I said, traumas from the past, frustrations at learning, disappointments, all those things start to rise up and they need attention and they need a structure within the self to cope with them, to process them, and to move them out. So, what Starts to happen is the primal instincts within us all. You know the rage, the tantruming things, the passion, the sexual drives. They all start to get subdued. Sort of our ways of coping, our ways of being, our ways of we we slowly get socialized, educated, religionized. You know, making a word up. But we these norms of society slowly weigh down. Like they create like the way that coal forms. They literally put a sediment on these drives, these animalistic, passionate, almost savage drives that make us human. And you see that in toddlers. You know, they're fearsome around their personal space, around their preferences, around when they're hungry, around when they're tired. And what that does is that when you've got that passion and that aliveness, it allows you to feel a need, to express it, and to complete it.
0: Okay, so therefore when parents go a little bit um, uh, too disciplined in one way or another and and stifle that, uh, then it's actually doing more harm.
1: Yes, disciplined and also molly-cuddled. Those are the two extremes of the same uh, way of kind of blunting a child's own ability to start to learn how to regulate itself. So it's holding, you know, we've all got these kind of stop and start signs with our nervous system which were where our parents made boundaries for us, or we had to learn our own boundaries. And what they've discovered in, in clinical tests is that where the boundaries were like given, where you were given your own freedom beyond a certain limit, but healthy limits were set, you learned to do that for yourself. So in homes where there weren't healthy boundaries, where there were like perhaps uh, permeable boundaries, fusing, um... Uh, narcissistic parents maybe over coddling parents you didn't get to feel discomfort either in a positive way or in a negative way and then that use that discomfort to grow and learn that some discomfort is part of the growth cycle and then that what that does is enables you to be alive to the present moment not to be numbed out in some blissed out you know spiritual heaven but to actually be here in your body, noticing exactly what's going on, what needs attending to, what needs resolving, where your drives want to take you. And so it's really precious information when you sit and you can't meditate, you can't get present, become really curious, get really interested and notice what's happening for you. And perhaps as you sit and then do a, a maybe a a a breathing technique so maybe five seconds in through the nose five seconds out through the mouth and then repeat that a few times and start to notice if you were to just sit with your power with that chaos with those emotions as you breathe it, maybe sound shout put it into the garden you know um cry um, maybe tantrum on a pillow you get to see actually the amount of energy that wants to resolve stuff which wants to complete which needs to find a pathway to to kind of clear itself to end itself
0: yeah there's actually um, proper breathing techniques for that mm. um, i think it's four seconds uh breathe in four seconds hold mm. four seconds out four seconds hold four seconds breathe in yes so it's this four by four thing which, that's uh, a
1: very good one
0: yeah yeah that that, that tends to certainly bring uh, the the chi into its place so that you have all this energy mm. you know, centralized and that, therefore it can be utilized for your best ability. And more, you know, the Universal life force that's uh, used in all
1: sorts of ways from Aikido to Reiki. Um, and what's really interesting, once you've kind of got into that four by four breathing or uh, the breathing technique that you select that works for you, what you might start to notice is you're trying to complete a cycle that never will sustain you. But you're always driven to complete it. So you might pick the same lovers and make the same mistake. You might get into the same jobs that don't nourish you. You might have a success pattern. And so it's starting to notice that you are driven to perform certain cycles of habit that you can't help but do, but then that don't nourish you. So it's starting to notice these patterns where you're where we're driven, where we're miscalibrated. And that's one of the best ways then, if we can collapse those patterns and those habits, we can come back to centre, breathe, and then recreate new habits that make use of our drives and then put them to a more nourishing and wholesome use so that we can rest easier in the moment. Wow. Well, on that
0: note, I think that's, <laughs> that rounds it up perfectly, doesn't it? Yeah, um, a big, big thank you, David, for coming. It's always, always a great pleasure. Mm. Um, I don't know what the next subject's going to be. It's always uh, interesting and intriguing, and it gets to, we get into we get some mechanics in there, don't we? And uh, hopefully, uh, 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 if you're listening, um, that you get something out of this. And if you go to David Stone's uh, Facebook page or your website, which is
1: embodiedsoulawakening.com
0: embodiedsoulawakening.com. Um, and we just had David Ash earlier on with his book, Awaken. For the positive living group, so everything's about this now expansion of the soul. We're going into new territory. Uh, many people are. Uh, they're they waking up to what's who's really uh, in charge, you know, and uh, what's going on around them. Actually, you are in charge. Absolutely. And you are the sovereign being. Nobody has a hold on you. It's up for you to travel uh, through time and space with that soul. Yeah, so a big, big thank you, David, for coming in and uh, discussing that. It's lovely to be present with you.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Steve. You're welcome.